This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave in the piney woods of north central Florida on kind of a rainy day today. And we're in God's country, though, and we're in the Mellon Law studio. Mellon Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators, protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention with Randy Elrad and John Pastore, and sponsored by all the great sponsors you see coming by on the spot cleaners, RR Construction, Poser MD, uh, Lewis Oil, on and on and on. We'll be covering them as we go through the show. And, of course, you know, Wednesday become a very popular day because we're privileged to share with you our guest all the time, uh, the former U.S. representative from this area, Ted Yoho, who is going to have Morning, a word. Hey, buddy. And we're going to have a little announcement about him and the black tie blue chain in a minute. And, um, of course, go to Style Cuts to get your ears set out if you need a haircut. And there's so much going on in the world that um, really doesn't please either Ted nor I. And uh, I'm going to always defer to our guest today to start off what it is bugging him, because I've got many burrs under my saddle, Ted. And uh, I suspect yeah. you've got some of the same ones I've got, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, you said it, it, that what's going on, there's enough lunacy out there that drives you and me crazy. But I think it drives 74 million other people crazy in the United States. Um, you know, this has been a, an election post-election season like none we have ever seen. Um, you know, I sent you that article, Mike Lindell, yesterday. Um, yes. Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy, you know, who sells sheets, and he might have obnoxious uh, commercials, but I tell you what, I got two my pillows, and I love them. How the deep state, uh, the banking industry, the corporations, the government, the Department of Justice have all gone after this guy the big retail stores have gone after this guy to close him down. And, you know, if they can do it to that guy, they can do it to anybody. And of course, you see what they're doing to Trump. But the flip side of that, you get a Hunter Biden and a Joe Biden that has all the evidence on the surface of corruption, you know, just all kinds of bad things, you know, drug charges, gun charges, felonies. Um, and, they get celebrated by the left and the media. You know, it's like they become the victim. And this is what the Democrats are really good at. In the same time, you know, while all this is going on, we've got China arming for war. We've got our debt ceiling or the funding of the government. We already did the debt ceiling, that debacle that was, there were no wins in it, really. And now uh, we've got to fund the government in three days. And, uh, you know, you've got all this nonsense going on. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I know you've been reading this and studying this. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I was going to talk about at, uh, on October 8th, if I have time. 
my black tie and blue jeans. And, uh, you know, with everything going on in this country, it is we're at an inflection point where if we do not change course, this will not this will cease to be our country will cease to be the constitutional republic that it is. And it's a sad day in America. And it's sad because there are so many people out there that are just disassociated themselves with what's going on or they've just got tired of it and they backed out of uh, the, the the grind that it takes to keep a, a country like ours. And, um, you know, I'm going to turn it back over to you for right now as I get a sup of uh, caliber coffee. Well, good for you. And listen, uh, let's uh, explain a little bit more about the, my pillow guy. They're after him because of his association with Trump. Right. And can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, um, Mike Lindell, he's been just a, a great Trump supporter and um, advocate for him. And he was big about, you know, the <clears throat> an unfair election. I don't want to say that other word and get you thrown off. Yeah. Um, but a, an unfair election that had a lot of unfair things that were going on. And he was very adamant about it, as I feel those things were going on. And I think the evidence is there. And, um, you know, when you look at how all that stuff happened as a lot of times um, they singled out him and, and they went after him on uh, conspiracy charges. Uh, they don't like what he says. They say it's inflammatory. So the social media shut him down. The credit cards have shut him down and he ran his business through the credit card companies. And I think they limited them to $100,000 where he had millions of dollars where people could charge. And, um, you know, he did over $100 million in business, or he said it's cost him $100 million. And there's lawsuit after lawsuit that they're just throwing on this guy, just like they are doing Trump, like they are doing those 17 or 18 defendants that were with Trump, you know, the Mark Meadows and the other people. And they're just uh, overloading them with um, uh, lawsuits. And this is just uh, an act of intimidation on people that were very involved um, with Trump, um, um, you know, since the election, since the they claim that Trump lost the election. And so what they're doing, they're intimidating that high profile group because that uh, waters down to us. It filters down to the people, regular people saying, well, by God, if they're treating those people that bad, you know, we better not say anything. And so this is an intimidation by the government. And this is no different than what happened in uh, uh, pre-World War II in Germany. And, uh, you know, you see those same tactics happening here. And then you look at what the IRS is doing, the Department of Labor. All these agencies are going after people. And this is the same thing that happened under President Obama. So what we're seeing today is, again, and you've heard me say this too many times, this is an extension of the fundamental changing of America that Obama articulated. And um, if their side wins, he'll go down as the, one of the most successful presidents in history as they rewrite history because they'll bring out all the bad things that the old America did suppression and, you know, uh, against um, the blacks, indigenous people, people of color. And they're going to make that the narrative that the white people or the people that founded this country did all this bad stuff. And it took somebody like an Obama that corrected course of America. 
And I don't think this is the direction that we, the American people, want. And, you know, our government was put together, if you go back to the 1700s, when we had the Revolutionary War, the Declaration of Independence before that, and then, you know, the the fight afterwards. And uh, it's a great history lesson to read how the Constitution came out. But when you when you read through that, their fear was a tyrannical government, and they wanted a constitution that empowered we the people because they wanted the government to fear the people that's been flipped on its head the people fear the government the direction we're going and uh there has to be a course direction and um you know we're starting to work with people now to run for this next go round so that if i do get into the presidential race in 2028 we're going to have a group of people that are like-minded that are going to push these agendas to reset the clocks. Um, what did what did Clinton call it? Uh, uh, the the Russian reset. We're going to do the <laughs> we'll do the American reset. I'll turn it over to you. Well, you know, I've been also every once in a while just to suffer, cause myself anguish. I tune into little David Muir on the ABC News just to see how far off they are, and they ran a piece yesterday quoting this judge who single-handedly said, I don't even need a trial. I don't even need a jury. I'm going to declare uh, Trump guilty of fraud. And what he's done is he's inflated the value of his properties. Well, then they quoted at one point the assessed value of the properties. Now, everybody knows on God's green earth, Ted, go look at your tax bill. The assessed value is never what somebody will pay for it. And who knows what somebody will pay for it? I know of pieces of property that on the property tax statements, your trim notice, have a value of, let's say, $200,000. Right. Somebody came along and gave them a million. Right. So... Trump ain't no fool. I'm no fool. I'm not going to sell it for the assessed value. Are you nuts? You know, I'm going to wait until progress gets, I'm in the way of progress. Right. Which is happening all over Alachua County. I mean, look what's happening to farmland. My God. We lack In We lack Florida. It's happening. My God. Whoever thought. Somebody can come along and, hey, go right, as you know, go right across the county line up to 51 to Columbia. The same piece of property that I paid seven, eight thousand dollars with an ag exempt a year on will pay a hundred right across the county line. Got your dander up there. Your hair is starting to stand up. You're getting so angry. But here is what gets me about this. What a huge lie. And the part we're talking about is the corruption of the institutions. The institution. You're absolutely right. You know, you can tell that judge has never been in business and built anything. You know, he probably believes in what Obama said. You didn't build your business. The government did. You're in the cattle industry. And, you know, when you price cattle, if you're selling privately, um, the price of the cattle depends if you're buying or selling, right? <laughs> if I'm selling, 
they're a thousand dollars ahead. If I'm buying them, man, I, I, yeah. I might give you $500 ahead. You yeah. know, that's just the business world. And that judge, you know, to come out with saying there's fraud, but see, this is not going to end. This is going to go through election. I mean, Trump, you know, you can't deny he's going to be the nominee. He will win the election. But there are going to be attacks on him, and they're, they're going to be relentless. They're going to go after him any which way they can to destroy him. And, uh, you know, it's time that we – It's I think you said this last week. It's we against them is, is what – there's a line being drawn. And, uh, you know, the, the story of Julius Caesar or Mark Anthony when he marched on Caesar, you know, there was that river, the Rubicon. And once you crossed the Rubicon, you were committed. And uh, I think we're getting to that point here in America. People are going to have to choose sides. You know, when we talk to our uh, uh, the so-called Democrat colleagues that are adamant about the direction of the country, they think it's good. I can't I can't really associate with those people because they are going against very things that made this country great. And so to me, they're an enemy of the state. But it's funny how they're controlling that media, uh, the narrative. That if we speak out about what they're doing, we become the enemy of the state. And we're standing for God, country, family, the constitutional principles. And so we really have a misalignment in this government. And um, the, the one of the reasons I ran was the, uh, the three branches of government were out of balance. Now they're way out of balance. And, you know, they can't they can't go on long like this. And, uh, you know, it's just a repeat of history, whether you go back 4000 years ago or you go, you know, to where we are today. In the meantime, like I said, China is gearing up for war. Um, I was speaking to some Taiwanese yesterday, and, um, you know, they see it coming. And, you know, we're not paying attention to that which we should be paying attention to as far as our nation. Well, we have a couple of people in the chat line here. Uh, one of the, our good uh, students said that several states are not putting Trump on their ballots even. They're fighting not to have him on their ballot. They're trying to, again, they're trying to delegitimize his, his, uh, his person. I mean, just him as a person. They're trying to delegitimize him because they can't beat him in court. They can't beat him in the polls. And so they have got to destroy this guy. And you're going to see a lot more of these nefarious things come up like this. Um, you know, and I, and I, what I would recommend in those states where they take them off, if they are successful in taking them off, because the courts are fighting this, is write them in as a write-in ballot. Um, you know, um, we just need to disrupt the system. And um, I think it, I know it can be done because the power is in we the people. It's freedom and liberty, and they're trying to take it away. You hear the nonsense out there about the uh, the 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 threat of uh covid mandates coming out again and mask mandates that's the left that's what they want you to you know to be prepared for because it's all about control and uh, you know they can't they can't survive without control and it's interesting the parallel between what our government is doing and what china is doing china cannot exist in a free society you know because the communist party can't the Chinese Communist Party cannot be cannot exist in a free thinking society. They have to be in control to gain to to maintain their power. And that's what I see happening in this country. 
that our government is trying to maintain control of education, of health care, of uh, freedom of speech, you know, our gun rights, all the all of our, uh, you know, if you look at uh, the, the Bill of Rights, especially the first 10, but all of them, they're trying to control that. You see other nations doing that, like in the Netherlands, taking farmland away from farmers. Uh, New Zealand is, and England, New Zealand's already done this. They've outlawed smoking, period, for anybody at an age and younger. You can't smoke for the rest of your life. They're, they're looking at doing that in England. And I think we tried that here with alcohol, with prohibition. And it's not uh-huh. going to work because you're suppressing free thought, free will. And um, those people, those countries are going to have um, turmoil before long. You know, you mentioned a moment ago the write-in. Unfortunately, I, I know a little about that, uh, Ted. Yeah. Um, when I ran for the county commission uh, way, way back when, in the, um, and, and, and the, uh, I'll say it, the Democrat Party, because back then, uh, as a party, everybody was in to vote, right? So, but my golly, everybody in the Republican Party. They didn't put anybody against me in the Republican Party because they wanted to vote for me. Right. So what they did was they put in the Democrats, the liberal progressive Democrats, put in a um, a person who came down at the last moment and said, oh, I think I want to run. And that guy is allowed under the state law to get his name on the ballot. So what happened, I learned after the fact, there were 25,000 people, the alligator reporters told me this, who wrote my name in. Really? Yeah. And guess what? They don't count because to be a right in, you must be a declared right in. So. Is that right? That is right. And so that would, that would, that would be a, a difficult thing. See, Trump would have to not run ahead of time as a party candidate and ahead of time put in himself as a write-in. You're not going to do that. And they know that. You know, write-ins don't win because of that reason. You have to be an official. A declared write-in candidate. Now, you have to be an official write-in candidate. I didn't know. This guy guy was who came down at the last minute. Yeah. So, and people don't know these election laws. That's why they're so easy to take advantage of the people. That's why Zuckerbucks and all that were able to dump $700,000 into the local supervisor elections office here for absentee ballot proliferation. Come yeah. on. Why is I, private money allowed in a public election? Like well, that? you know, citizens versus, um, you know, the United States, where it gave corporations the right to voice their opinion like a just like a citizen. Yeah. That really escalated the amount of money going in politics. And I I'm I'm dead set against the amount of money going in there. I think a, a business or a corporation they should be able to weigh in, but it shouldn't be able to weigh in more than the average person out there. Um I just think there's too much influence from that. We've seen that. And you know, I've been listening to some podcast on foreign policy. I know it's kind of a geeky, boring thing to do. Uh, but I was listening to Samantha Powers, who is the administrator for USAID, which is uh, uh, what our biggest, our, one of our biggest arms of foreign assistance. And uh, her whole mantra was climate change and SDG. 
out of the UN, which is the Sustainable Development Goal. That's the deep state driving where America is going. It's it's all the sustainable goals, and there's 17 of them written in the United Nations platform. And so I'm not going to say she, but the deep state or the bureaucracy that's been in place that believe in the one world government, they're uh, subscribing to that and they're leading America and binding us into those things without us voting on that. And um, the SDG is the Sustainable Development Goal. And I would recommend your, your listeners to go on to the UN website and type in the Sustainable Development Goal. And it's interesting, when I travel around the world, there's a, a circular pin. It's kind of rainbow colored. And it's the United Nations SDG pin, the Sustainable Development Goal. And if and if your listeners will go and read the 17 um, uh, talking points, it'll scare you. I mean, they're all, I mean, they sound good on face value, you know. Eliminate poverty worldwide. Well, it's a great goal, but it's never going to happen. It's like eliminating obesity or ignorance. You're never going to get rid of it. It doesn't mean you don't try, but should you bind a nation into a governing body that is gaining more and more power? And in the meantime, we as a nation lose our sovereignty and we as we, the people lose our freedoms. And this is going on right in front of us. And, um, you know, I hate to harp on Obama, but it was the cabal that put Obama in charge with this game plan to fundamentally change America. And that's going on right now. And the only way we're going to do this is programs like yours that go out and educate the, the listeners to where the listeners say, we're not going to put up with this. And they challenge people at the local state um, and the federal level and put the right people in there, you know, and a perfect example. And this goes back to statesmen versus politicians, you know, states, uh, politicians worry about the next election statesmen worry about the next uh, generations. And so we look at what's going on with our, our uh, funding the government. You know, here we are again. What what an amazing surprise. On uh, the end of September, there's a fight about how we're going to fund our government. And it's the same talking points. The Republicans are going to shut the government down. That's why the Democrats should be in charge. And it goes back and forth. And we could have predicted. In fact, we did predict this up back in January you know, when we're having talks about who's going to be the next speaker and why Kevin McCarthy shouldn't have been. And so here we are having those same arguments and the politicians that are up there that are not fighting against this, uh, the lunacy up there, and they're, they're uh, uh, allowing the status quo to continue. They need to be out of office. I look at Rick Scott. Rick Scott was bold enough to challenge Mitch McConnell and he only had nine other supporters out of 100 in the Senate, 49 U.S. Uh, Republicans, senators. And then I look in the House, you look at who supported Kevin McCarthy. Now, Kevin McCarthy has led us exactly where, I mean, we, we predicted where we would be today. And you see it going on. And um, the people that didn't stand up against him, didn't hold him accountable, I don't think they deserve to be in office. I really don't. You know, to take uh, – uh, Tap into a couple of issues you brought up very well, of course. And, and, um, well, thank you, Ward. Walter, <laughs> Walter Mead, who writes for the, you may have read this, uh, has an article that I'm perfect for us to talk about now. 
in my humble opinion, you know, I'm never wrong. Um, oh. World disorder, Ted, is spreading fast. I wanted to piggyback on what you said about going around the world. Now, here, here is his premise. I happen to think it makes sense. Since the core institutions and initiatives of the American-led world order and governments are growing progressively weaker, correct, and less relevant, what has happened is everything is dominoing off of that. That's right. That Western Judeo-Christian influence. The United right. Nations is now sunk to new lows, okay? Uh, they uh, didn't even honor the British king nor the French president at the U.N., uh, Putin and China's uh, leader ditched the UN meeting. Um, India, uh, North Korea has buddied up now with, you know, right out in the open with uh, Putin. Uh, nobody today thinks that the Deadlock Security Council or the farcical General Assembly has any kind of role to play. Uh, China has demonstrated its utter contempt for the World Court ruling against it nine dash line, which is yep. the territorial claims in the South China Sea. I know that well. They've you know they've expanded that to ten dash lines. Really? Yeah. Well the World Trade Organization's largely toothless and voiceless. Um what do you do? I mean, you know, this we you were you you and I are sitting here talking about it. We see it. Uh French power across Africa has um Palsied. I like that um, adjective. Pal- palsied incompetence. Uh, the erosion of civil order. When these Western Judeo-Christian nations and Christianity is out of favor, it's a secular world. But when they lose their influence, the moral order collapses. And what replaces it? Chaos. Chaos. And it's a repeat of history. I mean, this happens over and over again. Uh, I was talking to you about the Iliad and Homer, how 3,000 years ago this happened. You know, they saw it with the Romans, the Greeks, the Athenians, uh, you know, throughout history. It happened, you know, in all great civilizations. And by God, we should be smart enough to know, hey, this is going on. Let's change it because we don't want to go into those dark ages. We don't want to go into that. And you're on. You're right. The um, the influence of Western liberal democracies, uh, not just Western, but liberal democracies, uh, they are declining. And you're seeing a leftist movement. You look in Africa, the 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 uh, coup d'etats that are going on, the the juntas that are going on, uh, the erosion of uh, not that they have a lot of uh, uh, organized governments that function well. And I sometimes worry about our own because it's not functioning well. But you see the breakdown of the rule of law. You see the leftists getting elected in uh, Central and South America. You see China's expansion. And this all plays into China's hand. And in the meantime, we give uh, tax incentives for China to invest in America in electrical vehicle plants um, and batteries. Um, and it's it's funny how that formula in what constitute a Chinese investment, they can play around with the numbers of, well, they can't be over 20%. Well, China just adjusts, you know, some holdings they have, so they're at 20%, and then they they still control the company. And so these, and, and then they put their influences on American societies and factories. And uh, I've mentioned this on your show before, 
the documentary American Factory, and unfortunately it was done by the Obamas, but it was a good documentary because it just shows the difference between the China uh, management system and control in a manufacturing plant in America and the American plant. And, um, you know, on an, on an aside, you think about what um, Joe Biden is up there walking with the picketers uh, up there. And I, I don't ever remember seeing a president like that. I don't know. If, I know Reagan didn't. You know, he threw uh, the air traffic controllers. He fired them all. But I don't think of any other president that has ever done that. Have you? No. And I want to get into that in two and a minute. Probably wait till after the weather. Sure. I want to get into this thing about Biden showing up in the union line with the automakers when he put them out there on the line. And if they right. can't figure that out, uh, we, are big, we are in big trouble. I know the if is answer. I'll answer it myself. Sure. Uh, Tom with Ted Yolo here uh, on the Ward Scott Files. And we are going to be back in a moment. I'm looking at my computer now for weather. We'll be back on the Ward Scott Files with Ward's weather report in just a moment. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. The warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help!
Welcome back now. Ward's weather, by golly, brought to you by Lewis Oil. Fossil fuel, great Chevron stations, Wendell Lewis. Patronize them. Great people, they patronize us. Well, 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 we've got a milder day today here. Uh, cloudy sky with a little more rain. A little milder temperature at the top end. Elsewhere, Ophelia has departed, pounding on the northeast. And the weather there is trying to return to quote-unquote normal. Uh, but there are severe thunderstorms scheduled to go across the Midwest. And uh, there's also another tropical storm that may develop near Florida. So we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, right now, it's not yet developed into something of a higher kind of category, but it is a kind of chaotic climate, uh, climate, climate, climate change. I mean, this is real climate change. We can watch it and we can measure it and we see the climate change as climate change. There you are. Don't get me started on that. Ted said I my hair stood on in a moment That's ago. That's right. When I was talking about how stupid, why would a judge think that an assessed value is the same as what somebody will pay market-wise? I mean, come on to Florida if you don't believe it, Judge. Crying out loud. And it really irked me when we got off on the farmland part. Because that yeah. is causing people to get rid of their farmland when they can put their feet up high and sell to some developer. Uh, away it goes. And it's a bigger tax base. But, you know, the whole thing. Don't get me going. Well, uh, by the way, uh, Ted. I'm going to have to step out for Okay. Be back in a moment. I'm going to save this till Ted comes back. Um he is, uh, we're working on a different connection for him. He was on his phone originally. I'm um, looking at the chat line to see if anybody here has anything they want us to say or bring up. Um, I want to answer Ray Stern while uh, Ted is uh, rehooking his line. Yes, uh, Ray, the city of Gainesville did give the director diversity, equity, and inclusion. About a $50,000 raise. I know the young man. He really doesn't do anything. Ever since I've known him, I never, he followed me, whether well, a couple in between him and me, as the city manager of Archer. I mean, he's been all over the place. He ain't, he ain't done nothing. I did more with Archer than he did. I mean, they were actually talking about shutting Archer down. Here, the Gainesville City Commission is griping that the government took over GRU. The government was doing to take over the whole city of Archer. And 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 that was while uh, the young man now, who is the diversity, equity, and inclusion director, almost 200 grand a year, I challenge you to tell me what he's doing. I have no idea what he's doing. I have no idea what he did in Archer. I mean, I know, I know Zariah, nice kid, but that's it. Ted, are you around? I see he's muted. Okay. Oh, yes, there he I'm is. Here. No, okay. I'm he here. was muted there for a while. Yeah, Ted, I just went off on a rant about the city of Gainesville. So uh, while you were plugging in again, uh, they gave the direct, the diversity, equity, and inclusion director in the city commission a $50,000 raise to almost two hundred grand. I know the young man. I don't think he turns a lick. There's no lick for him to turn, but he is a minority. 
He's male. Everybody's got to have a, a direct a diversity, equity, inclusion, including the military. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Don't get me going. I don't know how, how we've made life so complicated. Life's, you know, John, my, one of my favorite quotes is John Wayne's. Life's hard enough, but it's really hard when you're stupid. Uh, and when <laughs> we do stupid things, it just really complicates life, you know. And again, it goes back to the basics. Do the basics. You know, be the best person you can be. Treat people with respect. You know, doing that. And I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Uh, and this ties into the in- inclusion thing. You know, if we want to be, as Peggy Noonan in the Wall Street Journal, uh, talking about Fetterman, and she goes, you know, America is supposed, it's always self-proclaimed the greatest deliberatory body on the planet in the U.S. Senate. Um, and she goes, and it gained a lot of respect, especially after World War II, you know, the peace dividend that we had, and we merged as a lone superpower. But in order to gain, keep that respect, you have to act respectfully. And then she went and talked about Lauren Bobart in Colorado, getting groped in the theater, vaping in the theater, flipping off the guy and the guy grabbing her and she's grabbing the guy. And, and then you have Fetterman and you have that lady running for um, uh, a, a house seat in Virginia, a Virginia house seat. Oh, it filmed herself. Out the porn videos of yeah, her. Video herself, yeah to raise money. I mean, we've got a decay in morality. Of course, you know, anything that comes out of Hollywood for the most part, other than the sounds of freedom, you know, you've got a decay and then you see it in our, in our uh, politics. You know, I'm hearing all these um, infidelity talks coming out of DC of people. I know that I just never would have expected that. And, you know, there's something I learned a long time ago and I don't want to offend anybody, but I know I will. Um, a man that will cheat on his spouse will cheat on his partner. And if a politician is cheating on their spouse, male or female, their partner is is their constituency. And if they'll cheat on the person that they made the biggest commitment to, heck, you know they're not going to look out after our interests. And I don't think these people should be in government. I think we need a virtuous society, at least the people running it uh, at the government level. And that's me. You know, I'm just saying that. Uh, as a guy that's been happily married for 48 and a half years. And, uh, you know, I just, I think that leads into the decay we're seeing in society. And, uh, you know, you throw in that kind of garbage on the music channels. Uh, you know, that lady that won that that music award for that, that repulsive song. Um, and then they go after Jason Aldean for uh, Try That in a Small Town. I mean, give me a break. I mean, we, we you know, everything's upside down. A little David Moore, I call it. We're entering in the era of the Bible of Revelations. A little David Muir, I call him, uh, uh, who is, uh, you know, runs at ABC News. They actually had time they wanted me to watch about the football player from the Chiefs going out with the pop singer. And they made that news. At, and I'm thinking... I don't give a damn. You know, why do I have to watch that as news? Come on, yeah. buddy. You know, but uh, I was going to, uh, Gerald Baker may be the article you're referring to. I'm going to go through it a little bit with us. Um, once again, we're talking about um, new moral order is already crumbling. And I thought it was interesting to hit the high spots of this we can talk about. 
the values of the Judeo-Christian a belief that inspired the Western civilization are being replaced uh, by this moral, cultural, and political revolution that's made up of really secular beliefs. Um, first, there is the idea that, are you there? Yeah, it blanked out for a minute. Go ahead. Okay. First is the idea that you have more obligation to the world uh, than you do your own country. As a, as a, and national borders, uh, don't, therefore can't, don't matter. You sure. know, they don't matter. That's, that's a one world government. Yeah. It don't matter. I mean, how many people come across it? The real, it doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, never mind the fact that they sleep on the streets of New York City. It doesn't matter. You know, we'll get them no, I mean, and, and we'll get them so they can vote. Well, and that's exactly what the Democrats are doing. Um, the communists, the Marxists. Um, again, they're not democratic values. They're Marxist values. And you look at all these refugees coming in that they're giving assistance to work permits. They're here. They're, they'll be here forever. And, uh, you know, and they're great people. But by God, come in the way you're supposed to. Follow the rules of the land. And, you know, Theodore Roosevelt was so right about, you know, assimilate, become American. You're either 100% American or not at all. And I believe in that. You can have different beliefs. But you don't change the system. It'd be like you and me going out to play football and just tell the, the, the NFL commissioner, you know what, I don't like the shape of this ball. We should really change it. Or, you know, if another team's ahead 10 points at halftime, um, they should put in their C team. And we should make it fair, you know, and, and make it inclusive. And so we don't want anybody to win real big. We just we want to have a fun game. And, and that's the way when people come to America – they are changing it. Unfortunately, the people changing it are the people in the leftist party. The other belief that also we'll talk about, we've already been talking about it, it's become a quasi-biblical belief, kind of like this uh, reference, to climate catastrophe. Um, therefore, we, the most successful capitalistic country, need to pay for our sins. Because as Obama said, we didn't get there by ourselves. We ripped somebody else off. If we made a profit, it's because we ripped somebody else off. And we Bingo. ripped off all these minority countries. Never mind that the country they're complaining about the minorities being taken advantage of, they can do it because of the country they're doing it in. Elsewhere, they wouldn't be able to do it. So it's called wholesale. Huh? Oh, I remember when he made those comments and, you know, that that his whole slant has been hatred of America. You know, you didn't build your business. The government built it. If you think you built your business, you're wrong. Remember when he said nobody should be able to make more than $250,000 a year? You know, you don't need any more money in that. You know, here you've got a guy that has taken advantage of a system, uh, a system he hated, but now he's... You know, he's probably approaching a billion dollars in net worth and uh, telling us how bad it is at the same time taking it. It's like complaining about a farmer and, and you know, moaning. I didn't want to say the word bitch, bitch and moaning and complaining about a farmer and the price of food while you're eating, a you know, while you're eating. And that's Obama. You know, um, you know, the guy discussed me um, with his his thoughts on America. And, um, you know, let's just hope we don't see 
his wife get into the race to replace Uncle Joe. Oh, God, don't bring that up. Oh, my golly. Uh, the third thing it brought up by um, a Baker is the wholesale cultural self-cancellation of all of our virtues and values. Yeah. Um, they're all bad, you see. Now, it, it, you know, take down the statues. Uh, the criminal is the victim. Um, the perpetrator, uh, the person who was the, uh, the victim is the criminal. Um, and they'll actually sit back and watch the cities crumble, right. which they're doing. They're watching Seattle. Seattle, pull, Target pull out. There have been wholesale robberies in, in, in the Target stores. Um, big big stores pulling out of downtown San Francisco. Um, I think it's really ironic uh, that New York wants D.C. off their back, but they don't want Texas to shut the border. Um, that, that, you know, how, how's that work? Huh? How's that work? Well, again, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. It is by design, everything they're doing. It's Clower Pivens and the rules for radicals by Saul Alinsky. They want to destroy America because the world elites, your Klaus Schwab's, your Jamie Diamond's, you know, the Zuckerberg, all these people, they want to be the ones in control and control society. They want to control populations. And the biggest impediment of them doing that is a country called the United States of America. And if they can destroy this, everything else will collapse to the domino effect, like you were saying. And how do you destroy America? Well, you go after their, their traditions. You go after their culture. You go after their institutions. You look at what Chuck Schumer did with the Senate. Unprecedented to see uh, Fetterman up there um, in his his uh, sweatshirt at the head of the Senate and uh, mocking the rest of America and sending that signal to the to the world. So they're destroying our institutions, our, our religion. They're destroying our schools, our education. And then they go after, like you said, they make the, the store owner in California that tries to stop the shoplifter, they make him the criminal and the shoplifter is the victim. I mean, this thing, I don't know how, and Victor David Hansen wrote about how do you destroy America? And he listed all these things and uh, it's happening in front of us. And by God, the American people better wake up or you're going to wake, they're going to wake up one morning and say, where did America go uh, in this next election? Uh, you know, again, I think Trump is going to be the guy. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether you like him or not, you better get behind him. And let's hope that we can change the course of this country. You know, um, that's the, not very uplifting, is it? <laughs> well, it, it's probably pretty close to true. And uh, that's why their onslaught of these judicial attacks. Um, the waiting in the wings is the possibility it could be DeSantis versus Newsom. And let's just suppose that that happened. I got to tell you, I much, of course, would favor DeSantis. But I think Newsom is the one who would play to the media. He would play to the cultural revolution of yep. Judeo-Christian values. DeSantis is a former military guy. 
Newsom's not, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to go there. But it is a backup lineup. It really is. And well, it is. And it's almost like it's been orchestrated. I mean, for DeSantis to come out, so I'll debate Newsom. I'm thinking, uh, Carolyn and I were talking about that. Why would you even bring up a guy's name that's not even in race and offer to debate him when he's not even a candidate? Unless you wanted him to become a candidate, um, you know. So you got to wonder why would he even say that? Because he's a smart guy, and um, I think if you do a dichotomy between DeSantis and Newsom and look at California or Florida versus California, the American people should be able to say, "Where do you want to live?" And I think it's pretty obvious people would rather live here in Florida than any of these democratically controlled states, and. Um, um, you know, it's going to be interesting how this election comes out. Uh, we just need to hope that the, the, the good guys win. I'm going to wear my this, white hat. Back to this thing about the picket line. The reason those guys are out there, they want more money. Well, and they say the corporate guys are getting the money, the big shots. Well, yeah, they've been bribed by the government. They've been bribed by the government to create these electric cars and all the outsourcing of it's going to China. So these guys, these guys are in the lurch. They're thinking, woe is me. What about me? Biden has the audacity to come down there and say, I'm with you, buddy. What he should be coming down there and saying is, hey, buddy, I'm sorry, but I put you here. That's the truth of the matter. He put them there. Yeah, government policies have. I mean, government policies the, put them there. Yeah, Build Back Better, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. These are all things that are supporting the green energy deal. But go back to Clinton with NAFTA. You know, that went against the unions because they shipped those jobs to Mexico for the most part or Canada. And so look at all the factories that closed after that. People forget how many manufacturing jobs this country lost after NAFTA. Just go back and do a history. Uh, you don't have to take my word for it, but it was anti-American worker. And then you look at the tax incentives that um, drove our companies over to China, you know, because the, the Chinese Communist Party treated our corporations. I remember saying this when I first ran against Cliff Stearns in uh, 2012, that our companies are leaving America going to where do they go? They go to China, the most communist plant um, country on the planet, because they treat them better than our our government does. And so, you know, we've got our own government to blame for what's going on on a lot of this. But then it goes back to the unions. You know, I think it's ridiculous that they're asking for a 42 percent pay raise and cut their hours to to uh, 32 hours. I think, you know, heck, who wouldn't like that? But, you know, it's not really reality unless you're a government employee, you know, like uh, the Department of uh, Energy, the average income for the Department of Energy. They've got 16,000 employees is like $127,000 and they get every known work day or holiday off and snow days and, you know, personal days and maternity leave, paternity leave. I mean, yeah, you know, government mindset is what the union has. The interesting thing is the unions are, are the only thing that cannibalize themselves. You know, they destroy their, their themselves from within because they drive the, the companies can't survive. Well, that's what happened. Uh, now they say, and I say, if you can't believe the media, oh, they don't want Trump to come. 
you know, I don't know if it's true. I can't trust what I hear on the conventional media. Well, you 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 were in the union, right? I mean, you you had the union, didn't you? At, the at, one, at one point, way back in the high school days. All right. Well, when I worked, I, I was in the union. And I paid dues. My brother was a crane operator. Ninety percent of the funds or more went to Democratic people. But you paid your dues. So yeah. when the media says, "Well, the unions don't want Trump to show up," it's probably true. The the union organization doesn't want Trump to show up. Yeah, but I guarantee you, a lot of those workers have magna mega hats and um, would like to have Trump show up. But you know, you go, you show up as a uh, as a pro Trump person. Um, you, you know, you get chastised, uh, ostracized in those organizations. Well, Ted Yoho, here we got about um, eight minutes left. If you have something to ask? Um, Put in the chat line here, and we'll bring it up. Um, Plantation Mark wants to know. I don't know the answer. When was the last time coal miners went on strike? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you They're know. probably getting uh, subsidies from the government for not digging coal. Yeah, kind of like farmers. They'll, they'll pay them for not planting. They'll keep their fields fallow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's great. Um, what do we? Um, Got any other backups? We certainly have feel like probably the current vice president is not welcome. Um, I'm, I, I have to laugh every time she says something, but uh, they send her out on the missions and to talk and nobody listens. Um, um, nothing's, you know, she was supposedly in charge of the border. Good God, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I, I, I've heard where she shows up, people say, oh, yeah, uh, the vice president was here. And then the, you can tell they just they weren't over enamored with her. Um, and again, they have to look at America saying, man, their heydays are over. Uh, and that's why, again, you're seeing Putin doing what he's doing. That's why you're seeing um, Xi Jinping mounting up for war. And then um, let's just hope we get some sanity in there if there ever is a thing in government. But uh, there are better days ahead for the United States of America. <laughs> there has to be because we are founded on the right principles. And it's just, you know, we're going through growing pains and sometimes it's difficult. But um, there will be an adjustment. And I just, you can't take freedom away from people. You just can't do that. Well, as uh, Ted alluded to it a moment ago, he's going to be one of the guest speakers at the Black Tie Blue Jean. I believe that's what, October 12th or 10th? Uh, I think it's the eighth, isn't it? October eighth. I, I, I don't have the date here on the. I schedule. think it is. And, and um, uh, Rick Scott will be there. Yeah. I don't know if they've announced the surprise speaker, but I know that person. Yeah. Uh, I'll let them do that. Uh, Kat Kamick will be there, and I think I speak after her, um, which would be interesting. Um, uh, I look forward to it, and uh, I hope it's a big turnout. You know, it's we're October going the twelfth. It is the twelfth. So okay. um, that's just around the corner, a couple of weeks. It sure enough is. He is um, somebody asking uh, in the chat line. It's kind of funny. Did you slip up and say something about 2028? <laughs> I did. And um, just to let everybody know now I'm looking to run for, I was going to run this, this election cycle, but you know, you've got to have things lined up to do that. And we've, 
I did not have them lined up. I was jumping in. It was a knee-jerk reaction. But we're lining up for 2028, and that's why uh, I said I'm going to start supporting people running against establishment candidates. I don't care if they're Republicans or Democrats. I want people in there that don't serve a party. They don't serve a Republican or a Democratic, conservative, liberal. I want people that are going to serve in the United States of America as a constitutional republic and honor the Constitution. So stay tuned. We'll let you know about that. Well, that's great news. About down the end of our interview on Wednesdays with Ted here, appreciate Ted always stopping by. and um, Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's great. And the students here, see if we got anything cleaning up here. Uh, yeah, we don't, we'll take that up next time, Mark. USDA and SNAP and all that business. So, yeah, we know we got, um, you know, money just seems to, you know, grow on trees, I guess, Ted. It just well, I, I, I shared with you and, and your listeners, when I was in Congress, we had a, a, a sheriff from Duval County came. He exposed a food stamp fraud just in Jacksonville. It was $5 million. We went to the USDA, met with people in charge of the food stamp program. They admitted there was a minimum of a billion dollars, but they thought it was closer to four to seven billion dollars. That was probably five years ago. I was up in DC. We met with one of the ag committees and they, and I brought that story up and they said, Oh no, that was back then. We think it's closer to $22 billion in fraud. And it's just like, Yeah, we know it's going on, but, you know, it's too difficult to try to fix that. That's the problem in Washington. Fraud is fraud. I mean, you get knocked off the air if you say there is an election fraud. You get knocked off the air. And we've got $22 billion, they think, in fraud in one program. Look at Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, Social Security Disability. Just look at those. Look at the housing. The student loan thing that uh, this, this guy in the White House is trying to He's doing whatever he can to give that money away and then throw in all the illegals that have come in, come over here and they're giving all that money out. There is just so much unaccountability, fraud and abuse in Washington. But listen to the politicians when they speak. I'm going to I'm going to fight for transparency, accountability and, and get these things under control. No, you're not. If you vote for Kevin McCarthy and the, the establishment, you're just part of the problem. Get out of the way. Well, that. <laughs> that's a great show today, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. And we look forward to all you guys and students applying what we've been talking about and being a better citizen and better voter. We need a better that's country. Right. It starts with you guys at the ground level. Ted, take care, everybody. And, uh, God bless. Take we'll care. Bye, everybody. Bye. Warthog Command Center out. <laughs>